How do? Hello. It's just you and me. Good old days. The good old days. The glory days. Yeah, some some, would, some say. would say. Yeah, I think Bruce Springsteen wrote a song about these moments that we used to spend together. The boss. My mum's favourite singer. <laughs> I think everybody's favourite singer, surely. Yes. There's not too many people who've got a bad word to say about Bruce Springsteen. No. Um, no. I've got nothing to add to that. Maybe my dad. <laughs> but he probably would know who he was anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was brilliant, Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the kind of Yes, that was brilliant. Hello. Hello. I'm Hugh Fort. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 77 of the Real Reading Podcast, where this week we're taking you right back in time to the moments in history we'd love to have been present for in Reading, because it's important that I point out that it's only about Reading. Uh, that's me and you, Dr. Hugh. See, time travel, Dr. Uh, Hugh. And you're the Tom Lord. Uh, mm, I think that's no. even worse. <laughs> Uh, we, were, we were saying before we started, this is a classic little and large combination. Um, yes, we're not, uh, more, we're more little and large than actual. Large, large and larger, do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you're the you're the short pacey one, and I'm the. You're the big target man with a good touch. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be great if I could even head the ball. Yeah. Um, so yes, we are going to be having a look back at the moments in history that we were really wished we were present for. Uh, we've both had to do some incredible amounts of research on this because it turns out we don't know very much. Mm. But, uh, and also our, the, yeah. one, the one who normally does the research is not here. Yes, this is true. She's not here, but it's her birthday today, isn't it? Yes. On the day of recording, which is Thursday. It's Rachel's birthday. So when you're listening to this on Friday, it would be yesterday. Rachel will be a year older than she was the last time you heard her voice. Yes, it'll it'll sound all the more uh, impressive, um, uh, just authoritative, um, efficient, impressive. Yeah, all those things that happen with age. Yeah, yeah. How so old is she? <laughs> I have absolutely no. Slightly older than me. It's got a four in it. Yes, thirty-four. I think. <laughs> I was going to say 14. <laughs> She's not 14. No. Uh, okay, before all of that, though, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Right then, Doctor. How's this going to work? Well, we are not going to discuss whether time travel is possible. For the purpose oh. of the podcast, I've it, we have a time machine and we're going to get in it. I've, I've watched an that. awful lot of TV shows that suggest it's it's entirely possible. I think it would be possible if we hadn't wasted three three and a half years talking about Brexit all the time. Entire, we think where we could be. You promised exactly. you weren't. You promised you weren't going to get political. Sorry, yeah. We're not even doing Fort Explains It All. You've got no excuse. Just stop. Okay, sorry. Sorry, everyone. You will be. Uh, so we've chosen three much in three moments in time. That we really wish we were present for. Um, who shall go first? Are we are we going to flip a coin, toss a coin? Yeah, could do. Um, have yeah, you got a coin? Yeah. Have you got a coin? 
<laughs> I don't really carry cash anymore. This is awkward. I've planned this entire show down to the minute detail. Apart from having a coin. Oh, got a coin. I, okay. When I used to be cricket captain, I yeah. often used to go to do the toss and then realise I didn't have a coin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, what should I do? Shall I, do you want to call it? Yeah, heads. Okay. Oh, okay. You called it already? Yeah. So you're not supposed to call heads when it's in the air? All right, all right, do it. Okay. Heads. <laughs> it is heads, you go first. What's your first one, Hugh? I want to go way back in time. Wow, wow, wow. That's my sound. I, I, I don't think I've got any sound. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be bothered to do any sound effects this week. So you'll have to make do with me making a wowie sort of noise. Yeah. So, so we're going way back in time. Where to? 1006. Which century is that? Is that the 9th century? Or the 11th century? Are they. <laughs> we're in the. <laughs> so uh, we're in the tw- 21st century. Yeah, so. For some reason they decided it was. One ahead. I'm sure there's it's like the, when the clocks change. Yeah. So, so does that mean it's the ninth century? No, the, te- the 11th. The 11th century. Yes. Let's, let's go that. Yeah. I was reading about this the other day, and it rather fascinated me because Reading got burnt down. Really? Yes. Oh. We have to bear in mind that in 1006, Reading probably wasn't the uh, the thriving metropolis no. it is now. It was probably no. a, a few wooden wooden huts here or there, but they uh, they were paid a rather un- unwelcome visit from the uh, the Danish army. Oh, uh, also right. likely to be a marauding horde of bearded Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, like the what, Schmeichels. <laughs> yeah, yes. Although they're not bearded, that's a terrible example. Yes, no, more more, more terrifying. Um, and they were, yeah, they ran, they went, they they uh, they burnt their Reading, and they also burnt their Wallingford as well. Oh, well, it, Wallingford's quite nice. It is now. Yeah, got <laughs> rebuilt. Um, and what I liked about this when I was reading about it this the other day is that in uh, true middle class southeast fashion, is uh, no, they were just allowed to do what they liked. Everyone was a bit bit frightened and uh, didn't put up much of a fight against them. So uh, they they made their way across southeast of Eng- southeast of England fairly easily and swiftly, pillaging and burning as they went. And uh, in my head, I had it. That I'd go back in time and lead the lead the re- lead the revolt <laughs> and uh, have a jolly good battle, but I I imagine I'd just hide. <laughs> I'll be, oh, we'll yes. be slain. Come on in, welcome. What are you doing? Well, all right, yeah, fair enough. Join <laughs> 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 <you> any help? <laughs> that Isn't one's it? particularly flammable. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I can't I can't quite. Yeah, I suppose sort of in in big like kind of IKEA rugs, they'd all be wrapped in because well, no, they because obviously day, Denmark's probably colder than here, which is all. About, uh, about I, the same. I can tell the average temperatures no. in, the, in the 11th so century. They, but it, I seem to remember reading somewhere that it was a bit of a myth that they used to wear all horned helmets because they, they they wouldn't be Vikings, would they? They'd just be Danes. I couldn't tell you. Don't know. You haven't researched this even slightly, have you? I I have researched it, but I don't know whether they were officially <laughs> Vikings or not. I, I'd like to think of it. We have to also. Um, this is going to get science fiction nerdy, but we have. To, we if bear in mind if we are time traveling, we we cannot change history. No, so we no. have to just stand and watch anyway. So that's that's probably quite convenient in this situation. <laughs> you could probably hide hide behind a tree or something. We're, suge- we're suggesting at the moment you might fit in quite well. Yes, yes, uh, but yeah. So let let them let them do as 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 history is recorded. Yes. So you just want to have a look. So you sort of be sat in a tree yeah. watching some yeah. angry Danes burn down Reading. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe stick around for a bit to see what happened afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I'm sure it would be a, a, a 
thinking about it more, I'm sure the whole situation would be awful. Yeah, so all sorts of awful, awful things going on. Yeah, it, I mean, as it would, is the way, it wouldn't do a lot time. for property prices either at the time, I suppose. Although no, less, there would have been a lack of housing. So true. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Details are sketchy. <laughs> right move didn't exist in those <laughs> days. Um, okay. Well, we are going to pack up our gear, jump back in our little time machine because it's my turn. Where are we going? 19, well, somewhere in the early 90s, 19, no, not that I was going to say the 1990s, not the 1990s, the early 1900s, around 1901, we're going back to. Um, that is because I always see pictures uh, around the place of um, Reading trams. And I love the idea of there being like these trams just running on tracks around Reading Town Centre, be make life much easier to get around, no cars, no nothing. Uh, so between 1901 and 1939, Reading Corp, uh, the Reading Corporation Tramways operated trams, electric trams, on tracks around the town centre. Um, do you know? Do you want to know more about them? Yes. Are you fascinated? Yes. Or are you bored? Yeah, it's not quite you know pillaging, well, is it? But no, true. It's um, so there were 30 four-wheeled double-decker trams. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Mm. Um. They service the Wokingham Road, London Road, with routes to Whitley, Caversham Road, Early Road, and then the Bath Road. So I could be going home from work on a tram up the Bath Road, pop off at Southgate, boom. Marvellous. How great that does sound that like that does sound fun. Very, um, just, I imagine it's very civilised. People just sort of sat just nicely, probably not talking to each other. Yeah. And there's probably, um, I, I mean, I don't suppose back then they would have had, a ra- had room for a pushchair. So. Who knows? But. Yeah, oh, it just sounds. And that, looking at some of them, they're sort of open top trams as well. So you imagine sort of <laughs> in a cold December yeah. <laughs> being on the top deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That um, is uh, it's fascinating, isn't it? It just seems like I know Vikings marauding across the countryside. Yeah. It seems like a bit like another world, but uh, tram, the tram travel yeah. in the olden days. Seems extraordinary. So a lot of a lot of towns and cities have brought them back. So Manchester has brought back its trams, uh, Nottingham. Uh, Dublin as well have kind of done sort not quite the same, but they've, you know they've got their they've got their sort of tramways. But do you know where the depot for the trams were, Hugh? I, I don't know. Um, they were on the site of the Oracle, which is why no. on the side of the um, bit, the, the sort of the flyover bit, there's a there's a big stone memorial to well, memorial is probably not the uh, not the right word, but you know what I mean. There's a, there's a big stone kind of tablet in the yeah. wall about um, the home of Reading Corporation Tramways. Oh, really? Actually, yes, I did know that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've told me it, I remembered I knew it. Um, and just uh, so the the decline of the of the tramways started in 1919 when trolley buses came along, and the last tram ran in May 1939. Ooh. Wow! So interesting. We need to jump back in. Off we go. Where are we going? We are going to March 1976. Oh, this is very specific. Yes. Cold Tuesday night? Um, I'm not sure what the day of the week it was, actually. <laughs> it looks possibly. We go to the football. Of course we are. It's got to have some football in there somewhere. Yeah. We're going to uh, Elm Park. And we're going to see something very, very special that has been part of the Reading folklore since 1976, funny <laughs> enough, March 1976. <laughs> it is that goal. 
by the great, the legendary, the icon, Robin Friday. Am I right in thinking that not many people saw that goal? I th- yes, I think so. This is it's one of the, I think yeah. it is one of those things which, which a lot of people who weren't there say they were. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like when Kevin Keegan took part in um, was it Superstars. Superstars, uh, Bratton fell Bratton off. Full, Bratton Sports Centre. As you've said to me on many occasions, if all the people that said they were there, there'd been about 80,000 people at Bratton yeah. Sports Centre. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's Robin Friday scored a goal. Can you, what, what, how did it go? It was the greatest goal you never saw. Right. To, to paraphrase the title of the book. The greatest footballer you never saw, which I would thoroughly recommend to any any yeah. any Reading supporters, is an extraordinary book about an extraordinary human being called Robin Friday. Um, the goal, um, Reading were playing Tranmere Rovers at Elm Park. Yep, it was two nil, comfortable two. they were to Reading, and um, in true lower league fashion, somebody hoofed the ball over to the forward Robin Friday. But in very much not classic lower league fashion, he instantly controlled it about 30 yards out and then walloped it over his own shoulder into the top corner of the goal. Wow. Um, and according to a story I wrote about it um, a few years ago, the goal was of such magnificent quality, it stunned virtually everyone at the game, including referee Clive Thomas. <laughs> I don't know if people know, but Clive, Clive Thomas um, went on to be quite a high-level referee, refereed at World Cups. Really? Quite infamous for being a bit, a bit of a character. <laughs> he was a Welshman, and he said he said after the game that it was uh, he refereed, refereed Pelé. He said, sorry, years later, um, he refereed Pelé and uh, some of the greatest footballers of the time. And uh, that goal by Robin Friday was still the best goal he'd ever seen. It was a stunning goal. And uh, Robin Friday... In uh, he spoke to the referee after the game, uh, who said that's the best goal I think I've ever seen. And to uh, Robin Friday replied, "Really, you should come here down here more often. I do that every week, <laughs> <laughs> which is marvellous." Um, you do hear referees sometimes sort of say they have the best seat in the house, and he obviously, old Clive clearly did just then. Yes, and uh, I would just have loved to be there and um, just to witness something like that, and uh, just you know to. I, I would use our time machine to hang around for a bit as yeah. well to watch to watch this this legend who no one rigged because Reading was so sort of lowly at the time no one uh, no one apart from the diehard Reading fans of the time ever ever saw him play and some of the stories about about his antics are extraordinary <laughs> um, if you look up I can't talk about it on the podcast but if you look up the incident between him and Mark the f- Mark Lawrenson <laughs> of of <laughs> Football Focus um, what he did to Mark Lawrence's kit bag. Charming story, <laughs> and um, he uh, kissed kissed a policeman as well because he thought he looked a bit miserable. Oh. and um, but it was anti- it was antics around the pubs in Reading. Yeah, were oh, were uh, yeah. legendary, and um, it was just extraordinary. Apparently, oh, often the manager, the long suffering manager of the time, Charlie Hurley, um, would turn up to the match, and uh, Fry just wouldn't be there, <laughs> and he'd have to go to the go over to the Spread Eagle and get him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just things like that. He, uh, he's an extraordinary man. I just would have loved to have seen him play football. Like so Fantastic. Many, uh, my dad saw him play. And my yeah. uncle saw him play, apparently, um, in those days. And uh, But what was amazing is, um, again, from the book, is not only he was, he was basically far too good to play in that league, but he took the most almighty pounding from 
old fa- what, what we, you and I would call now old fashioned centre backs um, <laughs> in those days and uh, we just uh, just sort of ran it off um, yeah you know these are the sort of tackles you see in the modern game where there'd be an instant red card after about one minute of the match um, <laughs> So, yeah, so I would oh, just absolutely marvelous. love to go to Elm Park and see Robin Friday. Generally, I'd use my time machine as well as an additional to go, go to Elm Park again yeah. at another time. I never went, so I'd, I'd definitely be there with you. I wish I had gone, but there we are. Right, time to, to it is time to go. Next up, um, bringing it right forward to 2012. What happened in 2012? That's like popping down the shops. It is really, yeah, except you can't. Um, the Olympic torch relay. Um, you may remember the torch relay finished in the Olympic Stadium. That image of David Beckham driving a speedboat down the River Thames with looking, the Queen, just looking as oh yes, the, the Queen jumping out of the helicopter, um, which was definitely real. Did we watch that? I yeah, remember we did. watching it in your house, but I can't remember if you were there or not. I've watched the DVD of it several times. It's just I just I find it absolutely brilliant to watch. My. Well, just a quick aside. My abiding memory is coming back from work one one day and I oh, just watched the Olympics and I was like, "Oh, it's the cycling! God, the Olympics is so boring!" And then about five minutes later, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And I was like cheering on people I'd never heard of, didn't understand any of the rules, <laughs> but very exciting. Um, but so Tuesday, July the tenth, and Wednesday, July the eleventh, uh, the torch relay came through Reading. Uh, it, it was through. Um, Sutton Seeds, London Road, the IDR and the Oracle, Riverside. It was then the Madstad overnight, where I believe they lit some sort of cauldron. Um, with it being Halloween, uh, as we were recording, that seems quite... I uh, don't think the two things were related. It wasn't Halloween at the time. No, true. <laughs> uh, and then on the Wednesday, it was Caversham Court, river, along the River Thames, Christchurch Meadows, Broad Street Mall, and then leaving through Whitley. And I missed it all. I did too, I was sick. I was on holiday, and I was absolutely gutted to miss it. I don't know why, just something about it, something about that period of time was just, um, it, it just kind of was really, really a good time to be uh, around this country. And it was, you know, almost something I kind of wish was, was going on again, really, because, oh, it's depressing, isn't it? Yes, things are. So, without further ado, time to get back in the time machine. Where are we going now, Hugh? We're going back to the 1990s again. 19, probably 1998. 1998. Yes. This is a rather unremarkable <laughs> the thing that maybe not, not, not many people are interested in, but I, I would like to go back to my youth oh. and have a night out <laughs> at Utopia in Reading. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Everywhere, every period in time I could possibly go to. <laughs> I want to go back to a, what I imagine is now a pretty rubbish nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but you, you remember it fondly, don't you? And wh- uh, Which bits do you remember fondly? Because all we ever hear you talk about on the podcast is sort of being stood outside, not being sure if you're going to get in. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's one of the most exciting things. You know, I go back to 1998 when I was still 17. Yeah. No, no, so I've had actually chosen to go through that experience again. Dress like you're going to a wedding <laughs> in your Ben Sherman <laughs> shirt. Work style trousers and loafer shoes, <laughs> with a few days worth of stubble, to uh, to make yourself look older. I don't know, really. It's like I'm sure there are much more rewarding experiences throughout <laughs> history I could go to, but I just fancy uh, going back to reliving my youth, a good old fashioned nightclub in the days where 
well, me and alcohol used to be more friendly with each other yes. with, with each other than <laughs> they are now. And uh, to well, see what it, see what the old super club experience is now. <laughs> set set the scene for me. What? Because I I never went to Utopia. So set the scene for me. You go in there. What, like what, when you walk in, yeah. left looking left and right. What have you got? Um, you would you would enter Utopia and the top tier, right? And then um, you would then they would you would instantly first thing go to the bar yeah. <laughs> straight away. Um, we used to go on a Wednesday night, um, and they had you paid ten pounds, and it was a free bar until everything ran out. Oh so, wow! So right. the ritual usually was go up to the bar and then be like, right, how much drink can I carry? So you get <laughs> bottles of bottles of beer. What you'd be like, can I have six bottles of Bex, please? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then next time you'd be like, oh, don't want any more beer. Eight bottles of Smirnoff Ice, please. Oh, Smirnoff Ice, yes. I was thinking, what were the orange ones? Was it Reef? Reef, yeah. Yeah. And uh, 10 quid for it. 10 quid. As I mean, much as you can drink. Yeah. I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't it? What's that? That's about three drinks nowadays, isn't it? It's, uh, if, if you'll allow me to say this, it's no wonder you've had a few issues in later life. <laughs> yeah, this is true, yeah. Well, I thought that would have bat- I'd be battle-hardened, but yeah. I guess not. Um, and yeah, you'd be there with all your friends and uh, just loads of people dancing the night away, I say, get home at about four o'clock in the morning and then go to school, <laughs> get to school a few hours after that. Oh, dear. The, the sixth form common room used to look like a battleground after our nights out. <laughs> Everyone used to be lying wherever there was a space, thinking, why Why have I come in? I'm not going to achieve anything today. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to lie here and then have to go and sit through a lesson where I'm not going to listen to anything because I feel too <laughs> ill. Heady days, eh? Indeed, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's not very... Uh, what nights did you used to go? Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Three nights a week? Sometimes. Oh, we- dear. So fr- Wednesday was over 18. So yeah. when you were 17, that was like, oh, yeah, it's over 18. Fridays was over 19. So that was even more exciting when you were 17. <laughs> and then Saturday was over 21. Oh. And uh, each time you waltzed past the door. St- well, I did. I think I've always looked looked old. <laughs> looked like a middle-aged man. Um and uh, walks past the door staff, and in you go. Do you think the door staff knew? Yes. <laughs> yes, I think it was a, di- it was a, different, it was a different time. I don't <laughs> like to use that excuse. It's got rather sinister, yeah. sinister connotations nowadays, but it was a different time. Also, Utopia was in the middle of nowhere as well. It was at Save the Centre yeah. in Calcot, which is... Um, so there were never there were police there if, if very bad things were happening, but they weren't, the police did, didn't routinely visit. Um so there wasn't really much chance. Licensing laws were somewhat uh, lax. In it, was very, it was just a very, very different time, as you say. Yeah, you just need to, to dress like you were going to a wedding, grow a bit of stubble, and you'd be all right. Oh, God, and I still can't grow stubble now, so I'd struggle. <laughs> Good times, Tom. Good oh, times. I'm sure everyone remembers Utopia. <laughs> Send us your Utopia story. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a weekly column in that, I think, isn't there? I did a story on it once, and one of the barmen wrote, wrote to me yeah, and uh, yeah. told me some amazing, amazing tales of uh, of uh, some some nice and some somewhat alarming. We should probably try and dig that out, and uh, yeah, we'll find that. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got one last one. It's my turn. Back in the time machine. Where are we going? We are heading back to 1643, which I think is probably the 17th century. Quarter to five. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. But specifically, the um, 14th to the 25th of April, 
1643. Why is this important? Well, it's the 11-day blockade of Reading. You want to go to a battle as well? Yes. Well, I'm just just curious. I can't imagine like Reading being under siege. I mean, how would we get our craft beer in? True. I mean, true. Oh. Where would all the traffic go? Yes. Well, nowhere. We'd it's a bloody car park. Yeah, you have the you have the Battle of Reading Bridge, wouldn't you? Yeah. Two lots of traffic either side going. Well, <laughs> well, bear with me because I've actually written a joke about this, and I, I have written a joke. So here we. So uh, what always the best type of joke. Yes, the eleven-day blockade of Reading in nineteen forty six. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sixteen forty. It does sometimes feel like a siege when you're trying to get in and out of town, but it's it's not recent. Um, so Reading was garrisoned by the Royalists, loyal to King Charles, who'd been repelled from London. Um, it feels like that quite often on GWR. Not repelled from <laughs> London. <laughs> Just forced to stay yes. captured in London. Um, the Royalists partly destroyed the Abbey to provide material to improve defences because the fella in charge wasn't particularly happy with the way that Reading was defended. It was uh, it was important because it had the Kennet and the Thames, uh, and the Thames obviously towards London. Um, the, and the, but the, the thing was in the it was, so this was in the first civil war. Uh, the parliamentarians laid siege between the 14th and the 25th of April. So these were the guys, I guess these were Cromwell's lackeys heading up. Um, and the reason that Reading was important was because it was on the Thames and also it was kind of uh, a stopping off point to Oxford where the royalists were really hanging out and the king was 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 um, was all about there. Uh, the parliamentarians captured Caversham Bridge, um, no doubt causing serious traffic problems. That was my joke. <laughs> it took me ages to write that one, as you can tell. Um, the parliamentarians were led by the Earl of Essex, set up, and he set up base in Southcote. Wow, which is very exciting for me. Um, I know we talked about the the the, um, the sort of the the moat that is around a particular part of Southcote. Now, I need to go back and check, but I think it might be something to do with that. Um, anyway, the Royalists were led by a chap called Sir Arthur Aston, who said he'd rather starve and die than give up Reading. Which, you know, I mean, we all like living here, but I, I'm not sure I'd go that far. Sounds like the sort of pro- 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 proclamation our Prime Minister would make yes. about Brexit, but carry on. Um, so, during the siege, Reading was bombarded and falling debris subsequently rendered Aston speechless. He was hit by some debris and apparently uh, he could no longer speak. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> Literally lost the power of speech. Yes, he did. So, um, the garrison command fell to Colonel Richard Fielding, who in a true movie moment surrendered the town just as the king arrived um, with a bit of an army, which was ultimately defeated because Mr. Fielding went, nah, surrendered. Do you think it's like that scene at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where they're getting <laughs> yeah. married and the king turns yeah. up, who happens to be Sean Connery? Um, so, uh, yes, Mr. Fielding... Every podcast. <laughs> Um, Mr. Fielding was court-martialed, sentenced to death, and then pardoned. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure well, if it was after, after or before. Yeah, after uh, he was he was um, court-martialed and Jeez. sentenced to death for surrendering, and then pardoned. Uh, which I'm sure I'm assuming this doesn't happen all in the same day because that's quite a roller coaster of emotions. You did what? <laughs> um, Aston was uh, he apparently regained his speech on the way to Oxford when they were retreating or heading heading back to heading back home. Um, Reading's capture meant Oxford was directly under threat and it yo-yoed a bit between the two sides before the parliamentarians held it until the end of the Civil War in 1946. 1946. 1646. It lost for 300 years. (laughs) genuinely written 1946 there. I meant 1646. So, um, 
yeah, quite a quite a quite a time really. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily exciting, but just interesting to be watching over. I think. Yeah, what I like of what I always think about with these old, ye olde timey battles is that um, you know those troops would would have had to just ride their horses or walk. Yeah. To <laughs> to Reading, the march they had to march to Reading so from London. Yeah. For, yeah. So that would have taken about. Well, I've got no idea how long <laughs> that would take. It's half an hour on the train. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, but yeah, so everything would have taken ages. To, you know, to yeah. watch out. The troops are coming. <laughs> Where are they? London. Oh, well, we've got three days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that concludes our uh, trips to the past. We did think, of course, if you've got a time machine, you can also go to the future. Which yeah. is exciting. So, um, Hugh, you had to think about where you might go, and you decided not to go very far. <laughs> this is really nerdy. I would go forward about 10 years. Yeah? Yeah. So, 20... Oh, God. 20... 2029. Yeah. 2029. Yeah. Disclaimer, I would then get out of my time machine and have a look and see whether... Um, what I would wanted to see had been finished. And if not, <laughs> go, I would then go forward again until I reach the point but I but I've written a lot about the area around Vaston Road where there are something like a quick bit of math about 2,000 houses planned and plazas and um, shops and offices and all that sort of stuff that whole area basically where the TGI Fridays yeah. is, is going to look completely different in the future and so I rather than sitting here writing about it for the next 10 years which is probably extremely likely um <laughs> To jump in the old time machine, go there, have a look, see, and I'd also like to see uh, how the traffic is around those areas and see if people in Reading still moan about traffic and see if there's a, in 10 years' time, there's horrible gridlock everywhere <laughs> or whether actually someone's managed to work out something to uh, to improve it. It's not. Com- I'm not a complex man, Tom. No, I know. I know. We've lived I don't care what the year 3000 is like, <laughs> you know. It's lived underwater. Um, 2050, I would go to. I reckon flying cars, battery-powered cars all over the place, people teleporting from here and there, but Sweeney Todd's is still there. In amongst it all. It making pies. Making pies. The lady's still there. She knows all the pies on the list. And that's it. I, I just, I reckon. What things will still be ready in 2050? That is a... That's a... That's a list. That's a feature. You can add that one to your list. Yeah. Okay, thank you everybody for bearing with us while we try to get through a podcast without Rachel. Uh, I hope that it was okay. It's going to require quite a lot more editing than usual because... Yes, let's talk about that, shall we, very quickly. Uh, (laughs) Let's not. Tom decided that he didn't need to turn down the volume on his laptop and on twice. um, Very loud noises were heard um, (laughs) and we had to stop. And then we had some weird technical issues when one of the microphones went wrong. Well, I, think, and I think that's because you uh, unplugged your microphone. I think I might have unplugged yeah. it, but uh, yeah, this has uh, been a somewhat trying experience. If I was to go back use my time machine, I'd go back to start this podcast <laughs> and do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, if you have any moments in time that you would like to tell us about, that you would like to go back to, um, we might lend you our time machine. Um, you'll have to show us some sort of credentials beforehand, maybe a credit score. Yes. Um, shall we uh, go back to uh, 1991 and go and see Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves at the, f- oh, uh, the, uh, the, yes. uh, the cinema in, yes. in, uh, in um, the, where the job centre is now? <laughs> that glorious summer of um, that song being that song, yeah. number one in the charts. Okay, uh, if you do want to get in touch, here's Jeremy with How You Can. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, 
And if you've come this far, we assume you must be. Please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Don't forget, if you know someone we should be speaking to on the show, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we will be organising some more interviews going forward. Uh, we've missed them, frankly. It's nice to have other other voices. And we've missed Rachel. And we have She's missed Rachel. But you're not, are you? No, I, I am here next week. I, oh, okay. I got my, in classic fashion, I <laughs> thought I was off next week, but I'm actually off the week after. Oh, okay. So, so we'll have I'm a proper podcast next week. Yes. And then uh, a non-proper podcast the following week. Or maybe just a week off. Maybe. Maybe. maybe we, we'll could call it, we could call it season end. We could be the finale oh, next we week. Ju- we've just got one long 77-episode season currently. That's true. So. Um, Okay, in the meantime, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program, uh, Hunted, on Channel 4? Yes, yes, that Did was brilliant, yes. Did you see the one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.